Well, hello and welcome again to Pod Sothoth, a Lovecraft book club. I'm your host, Todd Beardsley, and I'm joined today with our usual guest, actually. It's the same guest that's been the last 25 episodes. It's Claire. Hi, Claire. Hi, Todd. We have so many things to talk about, and um, primary among them is, of course, this episode's story, which is The Curse of Yig, which was first published in the November 1929 issue of Weird Tales. Uh, but this was written with a friend. I don't know how to pronounce her first name. I think the usual pronunciation is, Z- is Zelia, but it might be Zealia because there's an extra A in there. Um, but Zelia Bishop. Everyone else I've heard say this person's name says Zelia Bishop. So I think we're just go with that unless you have a, a preference they just say Z- oh without the with, a at the beginning is what you're yeah, saying it's, like it's either zelia bishop or zealia bishop she has the extra a and the usual spelling doesn't have the extra a at the beginning so i'm not super well, sure I mean, how to pronounce it okay if you're talking about someone who has a zeal for life you don't say a zeal for life you don't however if someone is like a cultist, which often happens in Lovecraft stories, they're a zealot, and therefore it might be oh, Zelia Bishop. That's true. So maybe we should just go with that. We should go with Zelia Bishop, mm, like a zealot. I, I would say Zelia. Okay. How about somewhere in between? Tomato, tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree, agree to disagree. <laughs> But anyway, um, this story is, (laughs) we're recording outside and there's like a giant mosquito problem. (laughs) Yeah, so if you hear a sound, it's me just spraying myself (laughs) with mosquito (laughs) repellent. (laughs) So we're going to talk about Curse of Zig. Um, We should talk about that. Let's talk about that. You don't want to talk about the, the, the thing we did, the thing we went to? first it depends like we can talk about that we can no, talk you're about you're in charge here it, we don't have to be secretive about it we went to necronomicon yeah, it was great it was we could talk about necronomicon we could go to the story we could do necronomicon later whatever you want to do i feel like you talk about that kind of thing first i feel like in most podcasts they talk about current events and right. what they're up to first and, and then the then thing they, they're covering yeah yeah well then fuck it let's do it all right <laughs> all right so we went to necronomicon 2022, Providence, yeah. Rhode Island. It was super fun. It was super fun. What do you have to say about it, Claire? Well, I learned that when you're going to the ball, mm-hmm. uh, you cannot be too overdressed. Correct. You can be underdressed, which we were. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there were three of us in our party. There were. And oh, one, well, he, but he was one was not overdressed. <laughs> one or was not, just not right he on the perfect. nose. Yes. So there was some coverage actually in the New York yes. Times. There was an article by Elizabeth Vincentelli uh, in the August twenty eighth, twenty twenty two edition of the New York Times, <laughs> uh, and there is a line there at the end that is, and I am quoting now. And a tuxedoed man in what looked like a green crochet Cthulhu mask. <laughs> it was. That was our pal Harley. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we brought him. I get credit for this. I yeah. think we 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 all. It's it, it was because of this podcast yeah. that that New York Times author he was got to amazing. write that line. Yeah. He was great. He looked like he was running for president uh-huh. and also business Cthulhu. Business Cthulhu. <laughs> it was super fun. That was probably the most fun. Yeah time yeah. of the evening of and the of the of the conference he was right? so committed like i mean he was sweating balls sweating under this hell. crocheted mask on a dance floor uh, but was committed to the whole thing yeah and harley can me. like pop and yeah. lock like he oh can, yeah he's got moves yeah so uh if you were in providence know that uh we knew mm-hmm. that guy and therefore yeah. that makes us a little bit cooler i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and there were the high school kids that broke in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you can tell the I story better than I. In. They didn't break in. They just I. walked in. But, but do you want to tell the story or shall I tell the story? No, you do it. You're the storyteller. Yeah, but you're okay. Okay. All right, fine. You were so, there. <laughs> there were these three younger guys who were kind of acting like really hyper. Uh-huh. 
And um, oh, I, I don't know. I just started talking to one of them. I was like, "What? What is? What's going on? Who are you guys?" And they were asking me. They're like, "What?" They weren't is dressed, this? right? Like yeah, they, they were. No, they were. It had was like, all like basketball shorts. Yeah, and, and they were like, "What is this? What is happening?" And I'm like, "Well, it's a it's a dance for." fans of this the people who are at this conference who are fans of hp lovecraft and they're who's hp lovecraft i'm like who are you guys why are you here and they said well we're in high school and we just live in the area and we saw all these people in these crazy costumes walking into this hotel and so we followed them in and they were high school students oh they were absolutely high school students 18 years old maybe seven let's go with 18 sure 18 is better for everyone yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, and I, we were—I just couldn't get over the idea of this. Never would have happened when I was in high school because I went to high school in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And this is these kids were out for the night to presumably just do boring kid shit, just like and downtown then, Providence. Yeah. High and then they see people who are dressed like devils and and evil fairies and and. All kinds of and things. Persephone. Yes, and they just they just walk in in. They're, they tailgated yeah. in. Yes. So like the security at the door wasn't super tight. Yeah. Um, no, because, because it's all volunteers. Yeah, it's yeah. all volunteers. Yeah. And they just kind of tailgated in with another party, yeah. and then had like the most um, uh, formative night of their lives. Yes, they will never forget <laughs> right. this night. Like I'm pretty sure. I mean, to them it was. And I asked them, I said, oh, this must look like Eyes Wide Shut to you guys. And they're like, what? What's that? Yeah, what's Eyes Wide Shut? And I'm like, all right, go home and watch Eyes Wide Shut. That's what you should do. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, it, it yeah. was just The unrated funny. cut, obviously. It's, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. No. Because they're over 18. Yeah. And they had their, they had like, one of them had like a bottle of Crown Royal Al and his... <laughs> Big, that's big right. Teenage pocket. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then the next ridiculous. morning, yeah. we saw the empty bottle of Crown Royale, and that was the last anyone saw of. I these really hope they they made it home. These okay. three young adults. Yeah, but uh, I did. I yelled at them a little. Well, because two, one of them was being an, a giant asshole. One the of them was two, an instigator. Yeah, the other two were cool. Especially one of them was like the nerd of the trio. I yeah. could tell, and he was actually interested he was like wait who's hp lovecraft what's the deal he wanted to hear about it and i was like listen kid i wanted to tell i didn't do it but i wanted to tell him you think you're not the cool one now but in 10 years (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna be the cool one (laughs) excellent it was a it was a great party and i love the fact that these high schoolers showed up (laughs) like i saw a lot of myself in these kids of course like God, if I had stumbled across this when I was 18, my life would have taken pretty much the same route <laughs> right, that it yeah. took today. Um, but still, it would be something that cult. you and your friends would talk about for the rest yeah. of your life. Remember that night when we ended up yeah. in the cult? The At the top of the hotel? Yeah, exactly. In the Art Deco ballroom <laughs> where everyone was amazing uh, and old for some yeah. reason. May I have the password, please? Fidelio. Yeah. So other events uh, that that happened at Necronomicon. And by the way, this is not sponsored by the HP Lovecraft oh, no. fan we, we club paid or whatever. For yeah, all of it to go went. in ourselves. But I'm telling but we're just you, excited. if you're listening to this podcast, if you're within the sound of my voice, do try to come to Providence in I assume 2024 when the next one will be, um, because uh, we need you on our trivia team. <laughs> <laughs> or do we because here's the thing uh we had we had the pod Sothoth trivia team uh we f- felt like we were doing eh, okay to middling we came in a uh, dead last that's because uh, we, <laughs> we came in because at, we gambled of course you can did. gamble your things yeah. so we gambled all of it every time all of our points every time that we because could. why wouldn't you, yeah yeah right yeah. i mean it's it's go big or go home yeah and, and we went home. And we went home <laughs> because we came in dead last at negative one point. We were the only team with negative points uh, because we were the only team foolish enough to gamble. Which I think, like, we, were, honestly, we it, were beloved for that, yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, we told good jokes. We got... We, we 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 got good uh, feedback from the audience when we were there, um, but yeah, dead last. Uh, we if we had not bet hard on the last question in a kind of double jeopardy sort of sort of rule, um, we would have come in in the middle. But 
I mean, honestly, I would who, rather who pays be. attention to the middle people. Nobody. Uh, we saw the Salem Wolves at the street party. <gasps> oh, they were so good. They were pretty good. Um, they were like a local Boston area band. Um, to me, they sounded like a mix between the Misfits and Echo and the Bunnymen. And I said so on Twitter that I'd really like them. And just today, as we're recording this, Got a like and a retweet from the band. Oh, so pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, very happy with I that. thought their lead singer was adorable mm-hmm. and gave off uh, a punk uh, Michael J. Fox vibe. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> In a great way. Yes, like, very much. I, so. I wanted to find him afterwards and tell him, and I thought maybe he wouldn't think that. I don't know. He was obviously younger, but that's an incredible yes. compliment. They were. Sir, if you're listening. Chuck, Chuck, it's Marvin. Your cousin, Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. <laughs> so, um, other things we that happened. God, we're already 12 minutes in. We're just still talking about Necronomicon. But Necronomicon's like a once, yeah. once every yeah. biennial. I, I, no, don't know, I don't know how that biannual works event. because it can mean twice a year or biannual is yeah. twice in one year biannual is every other year mm. so it's a biannual okay. event and uh so other things i wanted to mention real quick is i saw some pretty great lectures i saw two that i really liked i'll open with my second favorite uh it was um dr fred lubnow and the title was the old one's contributions towards mass extinctions event on earth <laughs> it was amazing um, if you spend any time at all in like paleobiology, which of course you do because you listen to this podcast, uh, you are probably very familiar with the, the Devonian uh, extinction event. And okay, uh huh. I am a part of this podcast, <laughs> right. and I don't know what the flip you're talking about. Can we swear? I'm sorry. Can we swear on this podcast? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, okay, I, I just know. hit the explicit know. tag. Okay, God, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I've heard, I, I kind of know what you're talking there about. There are like a about. number of extinction yeah. events on Earth. And yeah. this dude, who is like a for real biology mucky muck, like he's like a doctor, he mm-hmm. has a doctorate in it. He went through and like lined everything up with events in Lovecraftian lore. Oh, like fun. The arrival of Cthulhu on Earth, okay. the arrival of the old ones on Earth. Okay. And like how these, like what how do Shagas work? And is this like new for life on earth? Yeah. Um, the, the great race, right? Like both, you know, the original great race, which is in their distant past. And then, yeah. you know, the current, current air quote, great race, which is yeah. off in the future, sort of, <laughs> but not in the very far future when the roaches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, 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 um, yeah. So there, and there's like four or five of these events through, the history of life on earth yeah. and he kind of lines it all up with Lovecraft and it was it was delightful that's and it, cool. I felt like I was in Miskatonic University Aww, when I saw this that's cool it was like oh this is someone who's very serious and very credentialed and they have good slides and they have yeah. like you know a chart and then they have this, this picture of a shaga okay <laughs> this makes me think that Harley and I should team up today now, and obviously we would not get accepted at the actual thing but we should have oh. an alternative an alternate track of like the legal implications of say, say Cthulhu shows up. What are we going to do? <laughs> like he's, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's, it, so our friend Harley is an he's attorney, destroy just like some shit my, and, my co-host yeah. uh, Claire. And here's, let me hit you with this. I love okay. your idea. Yes. I love the plan of like what happens when these show up and like, how do, how does insurance work or something? <laughs> let me, let me go with this. <laughs> the legal readings, which you've done on this podcast of select oh, yeah, Lovecraft yeah. Oh, stories. Oh, that's true. That's, so that's like probably the better, case actually. of, yeah. of uh, Randolph Carter, for right, example, right, right. Yeah. and the legal read, because you went into like, and listeners, that's if you're right. just yeah. listening now, go back to the Randolph Carter episode. It's very good. Um, yeah. Like I think like taking a, like a, I mean, you got, you two could fill 50 minutes on just oh, talking yeah. about the legal implications of all the confessions that happened during Lovecraft. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> You know, and yeah. the, and the state of law in America in 1920 at the time, right? Because oh, this is pre-Miranda. Yeah. And oh well, then it would be so yeah. good. It would be oh, so good. I would sign up for that. That would be that fun. would rank my favorite, of course, but not this year because you didn't do it. And yeah. this year, my absolute favorite, Professor Bridget Buxton, 
and her discussion on Nazi archaeology. It was I regret bonkers. Not going to that. It's I so regret good. it. It's like, yeah, we all watch Indiana Jones. We know like Nazis get their face melted when they do this kind of thing. Did you know they actually did some of this stuff? And she she's a great speaker. She told jokes. Um, you know, really leaned into like the Indiana Jones part of it, but like talked about, so like the thing I remember most about it was her comments. Like, yeah, the Nazis were like really looking for, by the way, not super on board with Nazis, not on board at all with Nazis. Right. Nazis should be punched. Right. Yeah. No. Nazis. I, and again, I, <laughs> the sad thing is uh, we feel like the tendency is to think, oh, that should go without saying. Yeah. No, <laughs> we got to say it. These days got to say it. Yeah. Nazis. I hate these guys. Uh, Nazis in 1942, they were trying to figure out, like, how do we get a version of Christianity that doesn't have, like, all the Jewish bits in it? Mm, Right, right, right. (laughs) Which is, of course, laughable on its face Uh uh, for many reasons for anyone who's spent any time at all (laughs) looking at this. Um, But they made some headway and, um, you know, look her up. Google her. Um, again, her name is uh, uh, Professor Bridget Buxton. Um, she's mainly into underwater archaeology, which is itself kind of rad. That's cool. And, and like, I think that's where all the cool stuff is anyway. But she focused in on this expedition into Greece to find, um, you know, so, some of this evidence of this like alternate messianic figure that was contemporary-ish with with you know the historical Jesus. And but not Jewish, notably not Jewish. Okay. But then it's not really Christianity. <laughs> no, it's not. It? But it's like it's Christianish. And but you know what? But the Nazis were like modern American to, Christianity yeah, is not no, absolutely Christianity. Not. It's more Nazi Christianity. I so these I'm Nazis sorry. were trying I'm sorry to pull for the, the yeah. For, yeah hashtag not all Christians. Yeah, mm, a lot of them though. <laughs> yeah, the fan club's not great. Um, yeah. So anyway. That's I think that's all my notes on Necronomicon. 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 Um, and we had a really great time. And now we should talk about our story. Okay. All right. All right let's do it. So the story is called The Curse of Yig. As mentioned, it was published in 1929. Um, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, the story is... Let's see. How do we want to do this? Let's let's give the let's give the the elevator well, pitch. You first. always start with the story. Yeah, start talking about it. So the elevator pitch is Act One. Basically, it's a little bit longer. It's longer than most of the stories we've read so far. Um, Act One is this investigator who I always think of as a woman. By the way, I know. Really? It, yeah. Oh, like I when I was reading it. it, even when I was huh. like rereading it, I know there's like he him pronouns in there. But like anytime I think of the person, because I'm thinking of the the co-author here, Zelia Bishop, and yeah. like that's kind of front of mind for me. So I always think of the like I in my head canon, the he him is you know fluid. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, the investigator basically <laughs> shows up <laughs> at this uh, hospital where um, a, a a person of no, a person of letters uh, is is a is an expert in like snake mythology, snake man mythology. Basically, <laughs> she's like, "Hey, I'm going to go with." I mean, she, who doesn't want to? By the way, major in that. Yeah, she's like, "Hey, I've been doing a lot of work with Quetzalcoatl and." Um, tracing that to this more proto snake person demigod figure named yig and i'm hitting kind of a brick wall because no one will talk about it and he's like let me tell you a tale but first before i tell you the tale let me show you this gruesome thing i have in the basement and she's like i'm in i want to see this gruesome <laughs> thing in the basement <laughs> they go down to the basement and it's like a dark room and it has one it it, it it's got like one window that's like one of the, you know, like eye level windows that you have in basements and there's hay on the floor. And then there's like this wriggly thing in the middle that is like vaguely humanoid, but also kind of a snake. And, and they look through the, you know, they look through the slide in the door, uh, you know, the metal door and they're like, Oh wow. Look at that thing. It's horrible. And then they go back to his office. (laughs) My favorite part of this is how he acknowledges that he's like, well, maybe sometime in the future, when Future they, ethics will let us they, kill this. They, oh, I thought. Oh, I thought. <laughs> That's it was how let I us, read it. Oh, I. What did it say? I thought he said let it go. Maybe I missed it. Okay. Maybe the ethics of the near future will let us give it a merciful release. 
Oh. But that's hard to tell. Oh, oh, that makes more sense. That's interesting, though, that you think it's like, oh, I thought it was Future like... Ethics is like, we can release this into the wild. I'm thinking like, Future I'm Ethics. such a naive person. Because Nazis, yeah. I guess. Well, yeah. let us kill this thing and not feel yeah. bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, no, it was just so bizarre to me that, you know, this whole thing, like, he was just so matter of fact about the fact that they have this snake. The person, snake person. The snake person in there. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, we just keep the snake person in here. And, and it'll probably you know, outlive yeah, us all. You come look? Yeah, I mean, no big deal. <laughs> hey, big deal. You know, a little creepy, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, come we're not, check we're out. Not, we're not going to subject it to any tests or, or like. No, we're just going to feed it. Just sit, sit there. Yeah. So they, you know, see the sideshow, essentially, <laughs> <Yeah>. and then <laughs> go to the office where. Um, this this professor who's uh St- it's not stevens stevens is one of the other one of the other dr mcneil mcneil <laughs> uh dr mcneil then launches into the story about the curse of yig and then so it's doodly 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 let's go back to the settling of oklahoma yeah so i have a question if uh-huh. you were in dr mcneil's position mm-hmm. Would you show the thing first, or would you tell the story first and then show the thing? I have thoughts on this. Okay. Put a pin in that. All right. We're going to come back to that <laughs> on the story structure here, specifically. Okay. And All I have right. a specific thing to talk about that. But no, you're absolutely right. Okay. It's weird to open with the monster. Yeah. It's very weird to open with the monster. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, Dr. McNeil go, launches into the story. And he talks about the Davises. And the mm-hmm. Davises are coming to Oklahoma. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. And it turns out, um, man, I, you know, for prepping for this show, I really, really should write down the names of some of these characters. Um, Audrey and uh, Walker. Walker? Yes, Walker. Walker, Texas Davis? Walker, Walker, <laughs> Texas Davis, Walker, Walker, Davis Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seriously, Walker. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great. So Walker Davis turns out is terrified by snakes. Yeah. Like part of his backstory. I feel like what? Okay. If you're terrified of snakes. Mm-hmm. Why are you coming to Oklahoma? Why are you, uh, it's like during the land rush, right? Yeah. Why are I guess you do what you have to do, yep. but also, I mean, they were living in rural poverty, right? You're have in to get Appalachia. It. Yeah, yeah. And well, no, they're not in Appalachia. They're from Arkansas. Oh, that's right. The they're Ozarks. from the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Different mountains. Yeah. Wah, no, I know. I'm, I'm a Midwesterner, so I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So they come out to Oklahoma. P.S. Terrified of snakes, mm-hmm. like super terrified of snakes. This comes yeah. up like five times yeah. in the next, you know. Bit. You, I, oh, poor Audrey. I would think at some point you'd be like, "Oh, god damn it, Walker, <laughs> get it together, man." <laughs> yes. Now, I will say, um, as part of this whole Cursey Yig tear we've been on, I did watch the first half of Temple of Doom, and I was reminded that Indiana oh, Jones himself yeah. is terrified of snakes. He for is. at that point. Unexplained reasons. That is true. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. I, I mean, doubt that there Spielberg can only be, there can only be two characters in all of human history <laughs> right? who have been afraid of snakes. Um, but yeah. No, Walker is definitely. He's no Indiana Jones. No, he's not. And so, anyway, He's Arkansas <laughs> Davis, Arkansas Davis, uh, yes, <laughs> budget budget rate, Indy Jones. Um, so they go, so they go into Oklahoma one night. There's a, um, there's like a storm, and they're like, "Hey, we have to like shelter these these donkeys or whatever." And he goes off to shelter the donkeys, but they hate like he hates like rock outcroppings because he thinks there's snakes everywhere. Audrey sees a nest of rattlesnakes and she's like, Oh shit, I better deal with this. So she kills them all. She like uses the butt of a rifle, kills them, smash, smash, smash. Hopefully before Walker comes back, but Hey, turns out Walker comes back, says, Oh man, why'd you do that? Because he's already, yeah. What, what he's heard before Mm -hmm. is what freaks him out. He's been talking to various locals Mm -hmm. about (laughs) their fear of Yig. 
who's who's a, a snake daddy. So that's the thing. Like <laughs> Davis walks in with this pre-existing fear of snakes and then gets exposed to these Plains Indians in Oklahoma saying like, oh, no, 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 you definitely should be afraid of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Because, hey, check out Yig. He's a bastard, yeah. especially you, in the fall. Can you imagine you're already terrified of something, yeah. and then you come into this new place, and they're like, oh, no. Oh, oh yeah. You are absolutely <laughs> justified. <It's- laughs> and there's like a whole passage about how like the local Indians, like to the point of, boy, maybe we shouldn't treat rattlesnake bites because it might piss off Yig. Right. <laughs> Which is yes. wild. So... uh then over the course of this, it is a ghost story, essentially. So Audrey kills the snakes. There's a whole bunch of stuff about like, oh, and the snakes are coming, the snakes are coming. Like it's all built up for the snakes. And then they have a party and well, it's a, I, Okay, before that though, Before I the Halloween very party. very okay. offended by them calling, okay, they have the dog named Wolf. They have a dog they named Wolf. They call it useless. A useless dog named useless Wolf. Useless old it's all dog. old. Like, come on. That was, <laughs> that was uncalled for. <laughs> I mean- you kind of have to pull your weight, though, when you're on the frontier. Why'd they bring him if he's useless? I don't know. They liked him. <laughs> I mean, we would bring our dog. My stepdog, yeah, to be, to ste- be fair. Yeah, stepdog, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she's not useless. She protects us from burglars. And toddlers. And toddlers. And, and, walking by and on the... bicyclers. <laughs> yes, anybody who's walking, going past our front door. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I interrupted. They're so having... The whole okay. podcast okay. is interrupted. So they make it out... Mm-hmm. They get their claim. They stake their claim, or yep. whatever it is that people did. They meet the neighbors who are with you know people on each mile mm-hmm. side of them, and yep. they make friends. They're they're what I just imagine like the Amish barn raising stuff is happening. Yeah, everyone's helping everyone else, mm-hmm. and by everybody I mean white people mm-hmm. to right. steal this land. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's a great time. Everybody has a good time. Um, yeah, they meet um, Joe and Sally Compton, mm-hmm. and those are two names I do remember mm-hmm. be- for reasons. We'll get into them in a second. Um, no, we'll get into them right now. So Sally Compton is a historical figure. Sally Compton is Zelia Bishop's mother-in-law, grandmother-in-law. Oh, that's so cool. Really? Yeah. yeah. So the rest of the story is kind of – so it's interesting because, like, the story is filtered through a couple different things. It's mm-hmm. it's Grandma Compton who who finds the the horror at the end of the gross, right. ghost story. That story is being related by Dr. McNeil to mm-hmm. the narrator. Right. So we've got, like – it's a third-hand story, which is a yeah. great kind of yeah. – it, it's a very it, – it, it's an intricate um, – kind of device for mm-hmm. this kind of thing. It's a ghost story, but it's like it is it is in text. It's, it is third hand. It's the it's the country version of a, of an urban legend. Exactly. Yeah. It's a rural legend, which is a term that we <laughs> should use right now. And so Grandma Compton is it's her sister's mother in law. Are okay. the and that side of her family is is the Comptons and who live in Oklahoma. And so very all of this is historical and she and Zilly Bishop says that like this story was definitely from like this woman and that's in her family because it's an old frontier ghost story which we have not even talked about yet so like if you listen to it obviously you know what's going to happen but it they have a halloween party because why not (laughs) and the halloween party goes great everybody has a good time it's at the davis's house i think Mm -hmm. um and then everybody leaves like at a very sensible time because they're all actually Midwesterners. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so they don't linger. You do not linger. You leave. And it's like 11 o'clock at night. And then it turns out there's a whole bunch of snakes in the house. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, we whoa, have to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, <laughs> one of the biggest things uh, to me is the constant um, pounding there's the of the local, yeah, the local Indian nations, Tom Toms, mm-hmm. and like it drives them crazy. But also, so Audrey doesn't like it, but Walker is like, no, this is they do it to keep Yig away, right, or to pacify Yig. I don't know why something about mm-hmm. making Yig feel unwelcome or better. One of those two <laughs> things. I don't know. It's <laughs> and yeah, it's a little mixed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so there's a lot of talk about like how it's, she's really like, oh man, 
This is just happen- going on and on and on for like nights and nights and nights at a time. Right. Yeah. Are the TomToms, the TomToms aren't going though on Halloween. And this is why, right? Like they are for a while, but then it They are stops. for a while, but it, it stops. They know, she notices That's that right. It it's stopped. when she gets up and in the it, middle of the night. Yeah. Okay. So it's all through the party, and I'm sure people are talking about it, and they're talking about they're or just they're being just racist. Or they're just partying. Yeah, yeah well, probably. Probably they're saying, ah, can you, get these, can you get over these tom-toms? What's up with all these tom-toms? <laughs> and anyway, do you think we can actually grow corn here? Who knows? Yeah. And <laughs> so everybody goes home. The Davises have a great time. They go to bed. Right asleep. That was my snoring noise. <laughs> they go right asleep. And then Audrey wakes up in the night to hear, like, apparently a brood of snakes that are in the house. And, and the, the thought is that because it was a cooler night, it was one of the cooler night, one of the first cooler nights they've had in Oklahoma. They built a fire and that must have, like, drawn the snakes to it. Sure, because that's what snakes do. Because that's what snakes do. In the middle of the night. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, Walker wakes up, is uh, completely freaked out. <laughs> and. Can we talk about. Yeah. Okay. I make a lot of fun of. Well, I don't know who did the dialogue in this. Mm-hmm. But the fake, the, fake, the fake Arkansas accent. I loved it. And it was a delight <laughs> to try to record. <laughs> I will tell you oh when I read God. it. No, okay, now I might actually listen to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I know. You never listen to this. But this one, give <laughs> it a shot. Don't you hear something of singing and buzzing and rustling? Uh-huh. Do you reckon it's the fall? He says, <laughs> it sounds Irish to me. Do you reckon it's the fall crickets? <laughs> I mean, it probably yeah. is a little bit Irish. Yeah. <laughs> um, Irish plus Yosemite Sam. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I'll call it tarnation. <laughs> I do. I got nothing to do that. Walker, suppose it's a curse of yig. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So so we're allowed. By the way, we live in the South. We're allowed. We've lived here for twenty years. We're (laughs) we're allowed to make fun of this. I haven't been here for twenty. Oh, close though. I've I've been here fifteen years. Fifteen. Okay. All right. Wow. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. So how dare I? Um, so yeah, I'm, you from, suppose- I'm from Southern Illinois. That's, I'm that's, a, close. that's, that's yeah. trust me. Mm-hmm. There, <laughs> there are Southern accents there. So anyway, the snakes are there. Walker freaks the hell out, faints, uh, in fear. Um, Audrey is not sure if she's a, awake or asleep or having a nightmare or whatever, but she does notice there's, there's an introduction of the element of the alarm clock mm-hmm. and there's a tick, tick, ticking of the alarm clock. And then she eventually notices that like, that's the only thing she can hear. There's no more Tom Tom. Why would you have an, al- like, I don't know why you'd have if an alarm you're clock. Far, if like, you're if a you're, farm if person, you wake up when, when wake you up, wake yeah. up. But anyway, it's important. Yeah. I guess it's important. Okay. It's a, so the story can happen. It's the, it's- <laughs> Beating of the heart, the telltale heart. I that's exactly what I thought, by the way, is like the tom toms and the alarm clock mm-hmm. is very Poe sort of. I thought Poe very inspired, um, and you thought it too. So, hooray, we must be right. <laughs> and uh, then she finally figures out, like, no, 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 I am awake, and these snakes are still in my house, and then oh no, it's a humanoid figure, and it's probably Yig. And here comes my axe, and mm-hmm. as one thinks, okay. and so she goes not. She well, goes, because Walker's been talking about this nonstop yeah. about yeah, and she's yeah. freaked out a little bit too yeah. now by this point, and so she gives him the axe treatment, and then it turns out it wasn't Yeg after all. Well, we don't. We okay, but that doesn't explain it. It's only chop, 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 and then and then Sally comes over the next morning to i don't know di- dissect what happened at this party yeah they were going to come over and talk about <laughs> did you believe what <laughs> beth may said yeah and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um or whomever fya beth may most amazing <laughs> podcast comedian of all time <laughs> yeah my name is beth may and i play ron stampler emotionally detached stepfather and rogue <laughs> i was just trying to think of a hyphenated name but beth may like and subscribe <laughs> yes yeah hashtag beth may uh <laughs> um yeah so she comes over but sees the murder here 
And and it's not a murder, it's a homicide. Uh, but, but it cracks me up because it's, here's what happens. She comes in, she sees the dog has, because they've already been telling the story, talking the story about how somebody got bitten by rattlesnakes. Right, and, and blew up and popped. And, and got, and swelled up and popped. She comes in, sees the dog has been attacked by rattlesnakes and swelled up and popped. Then she sees a walker chopped up in a bunch of, like, totally decimated by an axe. And then it says, and there is not, it was like, there's no sign of snake bite on him at all. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> Wow. All right. That's some Sally that's some CS, fine, CSI. We're right there. <laughs> there. So I'm imagining her like on the ground, you know, <laughs> dusting for prints. <laughs> Sally Compton, lady detective. Oklahoma CSI. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so that's the big reveal of the ghost story. It's like mm-hmm. it turned out. Well, actually, there's two big reveals. A, it turned out that she murdered Walker. Audrey murders, doesn't murder. It's not murder, right? You tell me. You're the lawyer. It's a homicide. Let's let's go over to Claire's law corner. It's a homicide, for sure. (laughs) It's a homicide. Accidentally murders. It's a kind of a murder. Accidentally kills. Yes, it depends. Accidentally exterminates. Like Probably like a a voluntary manslaughter, maybe, is what you would get from yeah. this. I don't but know. also it's Oklahoma and there's like no law. Is it a state at this point? I don't think it's even a state. I think it's still a territory. I don't know. But anyway, um, so Sally did that, but then it turns out seven months later, Audrey gives yeah. birth to a brood of snake people. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't think Audrey consented to this So the here's snake the- rape. I don't think she got raped by Yig. I think. What are you talking about? No. Who did she have sex with then? So there's no there's no scene, and I would have liked to see that because that would make it like more horror-y, right? Right. Yeah. If it was being done today, modern, right? Like you would definitely have Yig sneaking in in a very Frankenfurter, like Rosemary's Baby kind of a thing. Yeah. I like how you go with Rosemary's Baby, and I go with (laughs) Frankenfurter. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, because Rosemary's baby, she uh-huh. has the devil baby at right. the end. Yeah. But With you're right. Why? Frankenfurter, he comes into Janet's room pretending to be Brad. That's right. But he also goes into Brad's room pretending, pretending to, be to be Janet. Janet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no babies that there's come no from babies. that. Yeah. Well, we don't know. I mean, oh. you know, part three. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. She has some Yiggish brood, but I and I do think that this is this is the curse of Yig, where like I think she was like regular pregnant, just like regular people get pregnant, and oh. because she killed the rattlesnakes, this is the curse oh. of Yig. Oh, like, because it was seven. Was it seven months later? They say it was seven months. I think, okay, I, I remember that. So pretty she was clearly. already pregnant. She was already pregnant by Halloween. Okay. And then seven months later, she has a bunch, two of them die, and mm-hmm. this is the only one they have left. Okay. The one that they had, when did she die? I don't remember. But she had she, died, she died pretty soon. She was like in a sanitarium yeah. or something. I, first, I was confused because I was like, how do they know what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, she's the only... Well, I guess Sally Compton could have. Sally Compton one. fills but in Sally all the Compton details. only saw the end of it. She right. doesn't know. But then the sh- I guess apparently Audrey had moments and this of lucidity. Doctor McNeil is a doctor because he yeah. put this together. Right? Yeah, yeah. And this is because yeah. remember this is all being told to the the student yes. who is trying to do the research on Quetzalcoatl to right. Yig. Yeah. Okay. And then, and so he tells this ghost story, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. So. That's the end. That's the end of the story. Yeah. I have things to talk about. Yes. <laughs> so. Why do you, why, why, why not? This is re- going to be an extremely is, long episode. Why is the big reveal <laughs> at the beginning and not at the end? I will tell you why. Okay. Because. Otherwise it would make no sense. Lovecraft be, didn't write yeah. the story. That's right. Yeah. And because it's a very different structure from every other Lovecraft story. And, it is. and, and Claire, mm. let me tell you right now. Yes, Dot. This is a con- this is a controversial opinion because all hot take, hot take, Zelia Bishop, yeah, Zelia Bishop, 
definitely wrote the story. Yeah. And Lovecraft definitely helped and did revision yeah. work. Okay. That is my opinion. Because of this weird structure of you reveal oh, the monster are first. Are there like incels out there who are like, hey, she didn't have By anything. By incels, but- you mean every other researcher? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and- why would, did mm-hmm. Lovecraft ever deny that Zelia Bishop had anything to do with this? That will require more scholarship. Because but- I feel like. Lovecraft wrote a bunch of letters mm-hmm. and he wrote to Zelia. Zelia was a client. He, yeah. char- he like she paid nominally him. charged her, but like, it's not clear yeah. if she ever actually paid um, because he's also a softie. <laughs> and um, she definitely worked with Lovecraft and she wrote her own memoir about her work with Lovecraft yeah. and all this stuff. Like all of that is true. Um, the, the scholarship I've read all seems to kind of hand wave over Zelia's contribution to this story and says, eh, it's basically Lovecraft wrote it. And like Zelia Bishop definitely provided some of the source material and all that. Like grandma Compton is a historical, actual real person in Zelia Bishop's life. Lovecraft didn't make that up. Right. Mm-hmm. I think Zelia Bishop probably deserves more credit for this story than she was given through like, the 70s through oh, okay. the, the probably 90s and 2000s right i don't i don't know i don't I, honestly i don't know i don't know like where st joshi stands on this or any of the other you know yeah um researchers who who actually do a bunch of work on this stuff um but to me the monster reveal in the beginning is like the biggest deal because yeah. i compare this a lot with um uh the thing of the doorstep mm-hmm. thing of the doorstep ends with the horrible monster at the end of the story. Yeah. Well, the that's thing like, on the doorstep, right? What right. you do, what Lovecraft does and Pikmin's model is another perfect example, right? Lovecraft gives away the ending in the title, does the whole story and then reveals the ending yeah. right, of the monster. Well, that's the traditional monster story. Mm-hmm possibly traditional because of because of this like weird fiction story structure yeah um but the fact that like the monster shows up in the in act one and then we have an act two ghost story and then act three is like oh hey and remember that monster we introduced in act one it's actually you know dun 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 it's it's audrey bishop's I'd be like that's a more sophisticated i would dare say and a more complicated at least um story structure than what Lovecraft has done. Well, it would be interesting to, I mean, I don't, I only know what I have read, which is telling me what happened. Right. I don't know the actual source material, but it sounds, I mean, the story itself sounds like a true collaboration because, uh, Lovecraft no, doesn't ever talk about Oklahoma. (laughs) No, he doesn't. And he doesn't talk about, he doesn't, talk about i don't know this this and this, this is part of, a, kind of a series by the way like oh, there is a later okay. story much longer story called the mound it's a novella which is also zelia bishop and lovecraft and how was this published at the time so it was first published in weird tales in 1929 as what written by i think the they, two of them i i don't know I think it was Lovecraft's oh. name on it for the Weird Tale story, oh. but later editions credit both of them. Credit okay. some editions credit Zelia Bishop, some editions credit Lovecraft. Today, it's credited to both. But if she paid him to flesh the story out, is that to do revi- revision work? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that happens all the time. It's like, oh, I'm gonna like with the movie. You have a punch up guy. Yeah, you know. Yep. Um. If this was a movie, Zelia Bishop would, would get story credit. Yeah. And Lovecraft mm. would get writing credit. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't think there's anything insane about the idea that they might have equally, you know, she came in with the original idea and he fleshed it yeah. out and like gave it. Well, and I would compare it to um, Under the Pyramids, which is a story, quotes, written by Harry Houdini, mm-hmm. actually written by Lovecraft. Right. That one. Definitely was written by Lovecraft. Right, right. Well, Harry Houdini yeah. was not known for writing no. things. Yeah. But Harry Houdini's name on the cover yeah. of a magazine sells yeah. that magazine. Yeah. And similarly, 
1929, which is like kind of like at, at Lovecraft's like high point in his career. Um, even though he's not like, there's a whole bunch going on in 1929, but <laughs> in 1929, he, Lovecraft is, is a, a name that sells magazines at this yeah. point. And Zelly Bishop is not, and she's a woman and it's 1929 and all right. that. Right. 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 Um, so anyway, I think Zelia Bishop gets should get at least equal credit, and I think that's where I think that's where people are at well, sure, today. Anyway, I, that part is not controversial. That's because, what I yeah. That's yeah. what I want to think. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the source material, like what she sent him and what he sent back, and, and we don't. And a know. lot of these letters, like it's it's a little bit weird because the only letters that like survived the era from the. The, re- the weird amount of research I did on this because I really wanted to pin this on Zelia Bishop. <laughs> like that's my bias. Like I want Zelia Bishop to like have yeah. the, 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 you know, get lauded as a, as well, a weird course. fiction writer. Yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of Lovecraft's letters to her, but we do. Ha- or no, wait, that's incorrect. It's oh, Christ. I don't remember now. Well, it's like, th- we don't, no, it's we, like we her- only have one side of the conversation. Well, it's in, in today. Cause, Cause the, I thought the, treasure trove of letters was with her family yes so it would have been what he wrote it's to mo- her, yeah exactly right right yeah. right, right, right so all we hear all we see is is lovecraft's letters to her and not her replies yeah um so anyway that's where yeah. i decided that i'm not an academic scholar yeah. on lovecraft <laughs> well I, no it's interesting and like the my initial instinct is if she's a woman in the twenties, whatever, and with Lovecraft and weird fiction, a bunch of it's a man's world. Yeah, it's a boys' like, club. If she had, if she didn't pull her full weight there, then they would have, uh, then we wouldn't even be talking about her. But the fact that we are, to me, means that she did a lot of work. So there's there, evidence of it. But I don't know. The she did. So she advocated for herself. Good for her. When August Derleth was like putting together material like in the fifties. Okay. Right. And, and this story, Yig and the mound were both credited to Lovecraft and she wrote to him and was like, Hey man, what's up? Like, actually I wrote this and okay. let me introduce you to Sally Compton. Who's a real person. <laughs> and oh, August, good for her. so, okay. but August Derleth being August Derleth, like was like, Oh sure. Mm hmm. Well, the story is, I think today, like the credit is rightfully given to both. They're both credited on it. I can definitely see a bunch of Lovecraft, especially in like the dialogue. That is Lovecraft oh, through yeah. and through. It yeah. reads like Dunwich Horror. Yeah. Um, well, that's how you would, yeah. to me, that's if I were going to hire somebody to flesh a story out, that's what you're asking them to do is yeah. to get the the dialogue and like how, how, how does part A fit with part B and part C? Mm-hmm. To, you know, she, it sounds to me, I mean, of course this is 100% speculation, but the thing that makes most sense to me is that she had the idea for the story overall. Yeah. Which in like a very Mark Twain sort of fashion yeah. is a story that apparently floated around Oklahoma. Yeah. So like now I kind of want to know, like, is Yig an invention is a snake man an invention? I don't know. Like, yeah, I can I, totally see an Oklahoma ghost story of like a rattlesnake, Indian rattlesnake god, right? I don't know if it's Yig specifically. Anyway, TBD. That, okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, that whole thing is super interesting to yeah. me too, because you're talking about like they brought up, she brought up, not she, the story brought up multiple different Indian tribes who prior to all being smashed together in Oklahoma were not. They were from different parts of right. the United States. So. And I can totally see these dudes like freaking out over rattlesnakes. <laughs> well, no, I just mean like. Because <laughs> rattlesnakes are monsters. De- no, they're not. They definitely are. No, they're not. What are you talking Okay. <laughs> Listen, I am a snake fan. Uh-huh. As am I. They're not monsters. They're just trying to live their lives. They don't. They give you lots of warning, but like yeah. they're very. Would a monster do that? No, a monster would lay in wait silently. There's a lot of drama around snakes. And what, what, what do you even talk? I'm shocked to hear this from you. That <laughs> rattlesnakes are monsters. Rattlesnakes are monsters. No, they're super venomous. No, where they are the a, monsters? They make a creepy noise. Where are the monsters? 
They have like the angled kind of mean faces that you don't get in pythons. So what? We're the monsters. Pythons are cute and adorable. Yes. Rattlesnakes are not. I would say human bred pythons are cute and adorable. <laughs> the ones that we yeah. Right. Pretty sure if I go to, well, I I'm thinking know. the anaconda. That's a JLo movie, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so speaking of jungle movies, we, the whole, let me back up now three steps now that we've done the whole thing we're already i've recorded 54 minutes so far so much time i know i I gotta edit this thing all day tomorrow um jungle movies so we saw jungle movie (laughs) we (laughs) thank you (laughs) we saw the sandra bullock movie called lost city on a lark because i had seen like part of it on an airplane and i'm like oh this looks pretty funny absolutely adorable it is great it's a joke a minute it is amazing go watch it we watched that and then claire and i were talking and we said hey we haven't played arc and horror in like a few weeks what do you want to do i'm like we should totally play the forgotten age that's not yeah it was because we read well you read lost city of z which I had. Read. You read Lost City I, of Z. I, I did. I listened I read to it. Lost City of the Monkey God. Oh no, that's what it was. Lost City of the Monkey God. Okay, All right. my bad. You want to take my this bad. from the top? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was because being that you're wrong, and I don't yes. want to put you being wrong on the I don't internet. Give a shit if I'm wrong on the internet. <laughs> Fine. No, people should not be afraid of being wrong. It's okay. Um, Lost City of the Monkey God. I. I was saying I read it. And I listened to it on audiobook. That's how reading works. It today. is. It's like somebody read it to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is what you were very excited about. I'll tell you, though, but that came, that that was like third in the line Ooh. in the succession. I will tell you what happened exactly. It is, I saw over someone else's shoulder some pictures of Lost City starring Sandra Bullock. Uh-huh. And then I, then we came home, and then I came home, and I was like, we should watch this movie. And then we did. And then we're like, that movie was great. Let's play Forgotten Age. I am having a great time playing Forgotten Age. We played Forgotten Age probably three times through. That's like, true. We played a yeah. lot of Forgotten oh Age. God. By the way, Forgotten Age is part of Arkham Horror, the living card game. Don't get involved with this you guys, because this, you will spend all your money on it, but this whatever. game, this particular <laughs> scenario, it's very though, is set up to destroy you. The first run through, we had it in this run. Um, I th- believe Claire lost four characters <laughs> over the course mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. <laughs> All just like die, die, I died die, four die. times. And the only reason why my character survived is because I was I died for you. Because you died for me, and I was playing a runaway survivor who had uh, get the hell out of here as a card in That's hand. That's right, and you so did. I could always resign. <laughs> Uh, I love resigning. I love resigning from <laughs> from the scenario. It's the best because no trauma for me. Um, so yeah, so we played a bunch of that. Then I read, um, and you had read too, uh, but I saw it was available from the library. I read Lost City of the Monkey God. Friends, Lovecraftians, countrymen, lend me mm-hmm. your ear. <laughs> read this book. It is Lost City... Uh, of the monkey God, a true story by Douglas Preston. It was first published in 2017 by grand central publishing (laughs) and you should pick it up right away. It's also available at your local library. I'm sure it's a wildly popular book and it goes bonkers on this whole lost city thing. It covers everything. It covers the racism of like lost city mythology. It covers the uh, cultural appropriation of said lost cities. It covers for real National Geographic reporter adventure in the Honduran jungle Mm -hmm. where literally everything is going to kill you every foot of the way. The science, the crazy technology that we have now of being able, you can just fly like with this LIDAR I said, <laughs> I feel like I sound like an old lady. It was like this thing called LIDAR. Bring out this LIDAR these days. And they could just fly over this. <laughs> now no, it takes a lot of flights and a lot of time, yeah. but they fly over and they map this out and they can then find 
human-made structures beneath the tree canopy. Right. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy high-tech stuff. LiDAR itself is, and it's like, it's a controlled technology because the technology that makes LiDAR work is the same technology that makes guided missiles work, so you got to be careful with it. Um, The last quarter of the book, by the way, spoiler alert, uh, they all get a crazy tropical disease called the leash, uh, also known as what, leishmaniasis? That's how, what it, that's how it sounded in my yeah. uh, book on tape, which is there's no one says book on tape anymore. I, audiobook. Yeah. Audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am not 65. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I was surprised when I read this book after playing Forgotten Age like pretty much nonstop for what, three weeks? We, yes. we just kept throwing we just ourselves kept trying into not it. to die. Um, I'm surprised there's no leash uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. disease that you get. This is this is the poisoned trait. There's a lot of snake bites. Yeah, though. yeah. Um, and so it's it's a great book. Lost City of the Monkey God. Go check it yeah. out. If you're a Lovecraft person who likes that kind of like jungle adventure, if you liked the Mound or the Curse of Yig, go check it out because Yig plays a very. Now this is the big difference though is that Yig in the story is an Oklahoma, Oklahoma. you know, plains Indians kind of. Uh, figure but it comes from but it but there's yeah. this link to quetzalcoatl yeah. which is an aztec yeah. it's aztec right or is it mayan is quetzalcoatl well, though there, I don't well, know. Uh, i've known it as aztec but the story is like it could be a little bit of both yeah. but i've known it as aztec so it's a set I mean, so the so the book takes place Lost City of the Monkey God is a very Central American story mm-hmm. whereas Yig and the Mound uh, yeah. are both very um you know, Oklahoma based. <sighs> anyway, that is it. Holy mackerel. So, um, go check I it out. I had something I was going to say and then I forgot. Oh, and watch that movie. Watch the Sandra Bullock movie. Oh my God. It's super adorable. There's a reason why she's yeah. America's sweetheart. And yep. I know she's it is, older it is, now. And I, I would argue it is America's matronly sweetheart. <laughs> she's it, not matronly. No. She's adorable. Yet. She is. Uh, this movie is, I, I think, funnier than Romancing the Stone, like minute for minute. I, I I would like to go in tonight and watch Romancing the Stone. I have not seen it in since the decades. 80s. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But uh, what's his face? Channing Tatum, adorable. Channing Tatum is great. Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt is was great. amazing. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. I won't give spoilers. Yep. Um, you know, Harry Potter's great. Harry in Potter. It. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? Harry, you're a wizard. So if this sounds like it's up your alley, go go check it out. Yeah. I think that is it. I think that's the end. Oh, I was just going to make a comment. I'll go for it. Which is, it shouldn't even be included, but about how like crazy it is that we can read books. So Todd, you watched or you read Lost City of the Monkey God, and then you were like, I don't know why. I just want to go there, despite the fact that there is... Oh, it'll murder me. Like, face-eating... Face-eating snakes. Parasites (laughs) and snakes that will throw... You know, fertilances that will throw... But I had that that experience. And then, all you know, the same thing when when I read Into Thin Air, which was about the Everest expedition where everything went wrong. Like, what is it about these crazy things that makes us want to do them i think yeah it's adventure stories right like what's the one it's the it's the ya book about the hatchet i want to say oh i never read that my kid read that yeah for sure and there's that there was like i read a book i remember reading a book in high school about death valley and yeah. like being lost in the death valley when i was a kid i loved my side of the mountain <laughs> i loved it so like there is like i because it's like adversity and adventure yeah. and yeah. it's a very, you know, established yeah. uh, genre. Um, I definitely would never go to the Honduran jungle. Um, I have. I might. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, okay. If I, wouldn't you go, go without you. I wouldn't go without you. Yeah. But if you're going to go, I'm going to go. Oh. And, <laughs> um. Yeah, it it is terrifying, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like I I watch a lot of horror, yeah. and like I I watch a lot of like Catholic horror, and I just wish hard that I was Catholic all the time so I could like be a better demonologist. Um, but you know, when it comes down to it, in the real world, like I'm not going to go into the jungle. I'm not going to become Catholic. <laughs> and, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I don't. I don't want something that's going to eat my face. I don't want a face-eating parasite. Oh, let me tell you more about the leash. So, <laughs> I will spoil this because you can go look it up on the Wikipedia. It's not crucial to the story. Yeah, anything, no, it's but... not a fake. Th- it's an actual thing that Here's happens. The thing. So. <laughs> Here's the thing. So you get you get leash right, and it comes from a bug bite, and the bite site itself ends up being like a fairly large, like dime-sized wound that kind of weeps, but it doesn't hurt. There's no pain or anything like that. It just kind of weeps a little bit, um, pus, and it's gross, right? Uh, Then time passes, (laughs) and these parasites find their way through your blood to your face. They love your face, and they love to eat your face, and and what ends up happening if it's untreated your essentially your nose and lips rot off it's like your the moist areas yeah mm-hmm. it's all the parts that are like because this parasite is not thrilled with your 98.6 body temperature it wants to be like in cooler parts and that means extremities so like i assume like fingers and toes also go and all that but the most obvious symptom of untreated leishmaniasis is your face and your lips literally rot off and the reason why I bring this whole thing up and Claire's making like ew faces at me right now. Um, the reason why I bring it up is because there is a Mayan um, criminal uh, uh, punishment tradition of chopping off people's noses and lips. And there's some thought. It's oh, like, oh, it's because of leash because they're already familiar with this. And they, you know, and that's they don't a know thing that is bad and people don't like it. Yeah. So and, and let's, yeah. So we're going to, so like as a punishment for thievery or whatever, we're going to cut off your face and lips and, or your nose and lips. Right. Or yeah. maybe just your nose or maybe <laughs> your just whole your lips. Face. Cut off your whole face, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's like a, that, that's like a Mayan thing. And so the Mayans clearly had, contact with this disease and also i remember from the book this disease like has a genealogy that's like a hundred million years old yeah you can do the the whatever it's called like the molecular uh uh, aging that you do on viruses and there are there's evidence that this this is a virus that is quite stable it has been on earth for a hundred million years it probably came from a shoggoth okay Okay, Dr. Fred Love now. It probably came from a Shugoth because it's a hundred million years old. And there are but there were dinosaurs that, you know, suffered from this. I'm just trying Which to is imagine crazy. a poor T Rex. A poor T Rex with no nose or lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got the leash. Oh, don't don't go to that jungle. You shouldn't go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, holy mackerel, longest episode ever. It'll probably be the longest episode even when I'm done editing it. Um but thank you so much, everyone, for listening, playing along. I will say that we got some contacts of just like, hey, love the show kind of stuff mm-hmm. from uh, two Australians that oh, I haven't heard from before. Fantastic. Uh, Dan and Marcellinus, or Marcellinus, no pronunciation guidance uh, given or required. I don't know. If I saw it. Uh, and then also cool. a listener from apparently my new favorite state kansas uh oh, it, oh yeah it, it is from Jana. can we Jana, flee there good job good job on protecting abortion rights in kansas yeah i don't know for Maybe sure we'll if you voted for that but <laughs> yeah. i hope you did because you, you should be aware this is a this is a we're not a political podcast but the no. personal is political so yeah 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 so yeah so australians and kansans alike yeah. Rave about Pods Off Off of Lovecraft Book Club. Uh, and Eric from Necronomicon. Hey, how's it going? He said he was uh, consuming our podcast with both ears oh, both uh, since we talked to them. Uh, what so. if he'd said like all five ears? All 27 of yeah. my or- <laughs> orifices. orifices. <laughs> Probably. I mean, he is a cultist after all. Mm-hmm. And that is all. Hey, if you like the show, reach out to us on at Podsothoth. You know how to spell it. It's on your phone right now. Uh, on Twitter, at Podsothoth. Or write to us on email like an old. Uh, we are hideous at club. That is .club, not .com. It's a real top-level domain. Um, but yeah, hideous at club, Or easier, much easier is Twitter at uh, podsothoth. And let us know what you think. And if you have any requests for future apps, what we should l- read next, 
should I even do the reading or should we just do this? I don't know. Like last time I did a poll, um, I'll put another poll on Twitter now that we have a few more listeners. People want the reading. Of course they do. It was pretty evenly split. Like think, last time I did the poll, it was like 50-50. It was I like some they, people really like the readings because they fall asleep to yeah. it and they like yeah. that it's serious. And people like this a lot. Though. I think like they like you specifically, well, Claire. I'm sure a they lot. do, but whatever. It's 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 a group effort. <laughs> but you Todd does all the work on this. Oh. I just show up, I read the thing and then show up to uh, make jokes. Yeah, now you're, you're a crucial part of this enterprise. <laughs> I'm just a guest. You are special guest though, special recurring guest. <laughs> All right, that's it. Have a great night. Don't go into the jungle. Beware the curse of Yig. <laughs>